Welcome back to another episode of On My Grown the Podcast. We are presenting to you Bouch Bombentary, the best insecure after show out there. Um, I'm your co-host Rodney Boyd. And I'm Mel Mitchell. Um, so what's going on guys? We last week uh we our schedules were kind of just conflicted and so we weren't able to record an episode. So we're gonna hit both episodes uh in this, you know, to be honest, it's not a lot of huge action, so we should move through it pretty fast. Um so just to jump right into it. Episode four, we see it, it. First, we meet Nathan in kind of like the the barber sh- his uh, his coworkers at the barbershop. Mm-hmm. Um, there at the beach, this is the event that him and Issa were talking about earlier to celebrate the one year of their ownership of the barbershop. Um, Issa, Molly, and Kelly arrive. Issa has an incredibly awkward conversation with Nathan. This is post the whole crying and kissing in his mouth thing, uh, episode. Oh. Um, Issa then starts becoming like paranoid and Nathan is helping the female barber at his shop with a shoe and she thinking he's performing cunnilingus in, in the middle of the the beach um, and then they have another awkward ep- another awkward conversation where she's like we still friends right and he's like he's, he's just I think he's playing it more weird than she was um, Molly is feeling two of the barbers and kind of has them competing for you know her attention um and then an earthquake hits and they move from the they decide to move and so the beach closed and so they move the function from the beach to some bar uh, nearby in the car right over molly confirms nathan is not messing with the female barber and essentially Issa is just kind of you know paranoid and, and overreacting so in the car over with nathan that's where like we kind of get some progress He's he start he says he clearly says he feels Issa's all over the place. She called him over to cuddle. They've been friends for the last year because that's what she wanted. He doesn't feel like Nathan he doesn't feel like Issa knows what she wants as it relates to him. And his homeboy is kinda like, bruh, she's following us to the next spot. She out here at this celebration. She clearly wants something that's not a you know, like a haircut. Um, and it kinda gives him in a moment of reflection. Uh let's talk about that real quick. What do you um. What do you think about what Nathan said about Issa being all over the place? I mean, she is. So, I mean, that's why we've had five seasons of her fuck shit. So, yeah, she is all over the place. But I always felt like, I felt, he, you know, he was whack. I mean, I feel like he can't be mad at that because he, he let her, like, you know, friend zone him and keep him around, you know, even though. Yeah, because she's been playing with him for the past two, three seasons. Like, yeah. Okay. I like, like you. You ghost <laughs> me. So we done. Because in the, in the time you ghosted me and we didn't we weren't cool, my ex got his stuff together. We good. He's having a baby. Hold on for a year while I break down and cross, and then we could pursue a relationship. It's, it's yeah, it doesn't really. I'm not encouraged by their interactions. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yeah. Um, I do want to talk about the next part about okay. her. Or just like one of the things at the beginning of the episode is like her being pressed about whatever the ghetto flavor of the season is what's the ghetto girl's name i feel uh, Kar- is it karish or something it this <coughs> i think it's just risha risha yeah but yeah. it's like hey. the, it's always just kind of like juxtaposition of Issa and like the ghetto girl Ooh. okay and maybe that's is that projecting mm. all right do you feel you're not the ghetto girl no i'm just saying in general like you know how how Donald Glover portrayed the black girl being mad at the white woman with the black man in like Atlanta because like, okay. that's his situation. 
like is Issa like projecting that like is that a thing oh she's like, like she's never felt like she can kind of compete with the ghetto more shapely yeah, right cause that's what I'm saying the ooh wow yeah that was a gym I just dropped hell yeah that's some good stuff over there hell yeah <laughs> Nah, but uh, I'm in another realm right now, so I can think of things differently than y'all can. But I think that's, that's the second time this has happened, though. Right? Think about it. Right? Maybe, maybe it's a trauma response. Right? Last that's time, what I'm maybe a projection. It was just like in high school, the ghetto girls, the the ghetto, you know, their names don't mean anything. Girls with the Ishas and the Ashas, they got all the men. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that could be a thing. Right? Because both her and Tasha, we're I, I think that's what we're drawing the line between Risha and Tasha. Right. Um, in terms of like, and, and you know, they're more shapely women too. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 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 comparison to Issa. Yeah. Um, well, I think they're both chocolate, so you know we can't draw that compare. Well, is the Risha girl light skin? She was kind of brown. Yeah, she was. I felt like she was around the same complexion, or a little just a slight, slightly lighter than Issa. Yeah. So. But yeah. um. Go ahead. No, that's a very. I think well, yeah, she was pressed about Risha texting Molly like, "Oh, is he fucking Risha?" And then Molly just goes down like, hey, Risha, you fucking that thing. She's like, no, oh, no, that's my brother. Or yeah. Something like that. In a genuine way, not in that kind of way. Right, right, right. Um, Crenshaw's dissing Issa and calling her fraud on Twitter. Um, she calls her assistant. They like, yeah, we're just going to let it cook, you know, thinking it's not really going to be much of anything. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, at the bar, they kind of get, get in, they get settled, have some casual conversation. And then eventually Issa and Nathan get alone and Issa just straight up confronts Nathan about him leaving her that night and I think you know like this is where we're seeing some growth in Issa right like being more vocal and just you know getting getting to the point about you know what she wants and and and, and voicing what she feels um and uh Nathan's like and she's like you know I just he's like well what did you want from me he's like I just expected you to be there in the morning he's like I didn't know we had expectations of each other and that's very fair. You can't project expectations without communicating them. Um, mm-hmm. And so they kind of, I think that's kind of where they leave it right there. Um, and then Nathan's cousin Thomas shows up with his wife. And Nathan and the wife have a weird energy going on. And myself. I thought they hunched it first. Right. Everybody was like, is that, did he snake his girl? Did they, you know, they they messed around and then she dipped for the cousin because he, he, he wasn't, you know, bipolar. So I kind of feel like that was that's a little failure of the writers or maybe or the actors or both. I think that it was a intentional misdirection though. But I just, but they could have shown that they had tension without it feeling like weird sexual tension. I think that's just what we expect, and I mean nothing really about it was like sexual. I think it was meant for us to misinterpret. Okay, yeah, maybe that's just us, right? Maybe we're just projecting. Um, you being funny, huh? That's you being funny. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not me and you, but the audience, because I I wasn't the only one who's like you know like I saw a bunch of tweets of like I, mean, I don't even think it's projection. It's just this show is so fucking messy. Why wouldn't he be fucking this? Since we're going the Tyler Perry route with this whole baby daddy storyline, why not go all out? Why not have him fucking his cousin's wife? <laughs> <laughs> Since we're being ghetto, let's go there, East. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, but I guess like just saying any tension between a man and but you know like projecting and assuming any kind of tension between a man and a woman leads back to being sexual. Maybe I'm trying to be too woke. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. So it's whatever. Um, 
And Issa's just like, oh, I've, oh, you've never mentioned you have fan. And then, like, Issa asks, like, did y'all move here? Issa, and he's like, nah, we've been here. And Issa, you know, like, it, it, Nathan reveals he, he lived with them before Andrew. And, um, you know, he, uh, and so she's kind of like, oh, that's weird that you kept, that you have family out here from me. Um, yeah. And I think that was also another way to, like, allude to the, oh, so then when he was at work and they was hunching, what, like, you know. And um, and so then they're all sitting around, kind of hanging out. They're telling the the uh, Thomas, the cousin, is telling some stories, and and you know, in the stories, they're talking about how Nathan would you know have been flaky or would go MIA, and you know, it clearly, and and you can see, you know he from his body language clearly he was uncomfortable, and and Issa picked up on this and kind of you know reaffirmed him was like i'm glad he, he you know he blew my way and has been mm-hmm. in my life because he's been you know a great crutch for my heartbreak from my real boyfriend uh, <laughs> but you know just trying to make him look good and, and stuff but they you know they were very much you know communicating like the expectations they had from him based on past occurrences um, they decide to hit Jason's Derulo party, which is like uh, I think fifteen minutes away. I think it's in the hills or whatever. Oh, shout out to Ryan Davis, who's the friend who really, really wants to see Jason Derulo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from All Deaf Digital, from the internet. Um, <coughs> even the the Arisha, the the female barber, she's from sketches on the internet. Sure. So yeah, Insecure is really dope in that they really try to get you know. Huh. She did look familiar. Don't you took a car in my throat? <laughs> uh, you know, they just try, try to, uh, you know, Insecure does a great job of bringing talent from the internet and into TV and kind of giving them that chance, right? Like, Molly's brother is a big, uh, He, uh, you know, he had gotten some popularity um, on Instagram and social media as well. And her other brother is Lil Saint. You know? Yeah. Well, but he, he been acting. He big Saint. He, he not new to this. I mean, yeah, but he's bigger as Lil Saint. That that was more of a cultural, yeah, iconic. I mean, we all saw Antoine Fisher, but I'm just saying we don't want to remember him by that. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying he's. I'm saying like the internet, you know, like they specifically do a good job of bringing people from who are internet people but haven't had TV experience yet. Right. Um. Okay. So yeah. Oh, that's what you meant. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Um and so yeah they hit Jason's Derulo party, he invites his cousin and his wife. The wife's like I'm gonna go home and relieve the sitter, but you go out. Um, they're heading to the party. Crenshaw's still trashing Issa, but now it's game of steam, and I think they agree to just kind of let it chill again. They they say you know we'll or we'll deal with it later. Um, Miley tells, uh, you know essentially communicates with Issa like I'm about to, you know let one uh, the coworkers. Of Nathan hit um, before they head into the party, um, and then Nathan and his cousin. So they okay. So they're at the party. They can only get one person in. Molly and the homeboy head in. Molly's gonna try to sneak them in. The cousin then at this point says, "All right, I'm gonna leave." Nathan's like, "Bro, you ain't gotta leave." I know, you know. And then they kind of go off and have a conversation. And he's like, "You know, hey man, you can hang. You know, I know you're on a tight leash, but you should hang. Like, I know Vel, you know Velma don't fuck with me." He's like, nah, Velma wanted us to hang. You know, she cool. He was like, that's why she kicked me out the crib when I ain't had nowhere to go. 
And he was like, ah, you know, and it starts kind of coming out. He was like, ah, it ain't really, you know, that it essentially lets us know, like, it wasn't Velma who wanted Nathan out of their house. Um, it was, it was Thomas. Bitch ass idea. Like, he was such a bitch ass, bitch ass that he couldn't even have the conversation with his cousin. Had to blame it on his wife, and now the wife getting funny looks in the taco spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you know, like essentially, and what we find out is essentially that Nathan was undiagnosed and manic at this time or undiagnosed bipolar so he's, he was having a manic he was going through a manic period when he was living with them which was causing him to you know kind of just dip you know just not be communicative dip off come back leave at all times of the night he was leaving the door unlocked just doing stuff that you know thomas had or uh, thomas is thomas wife and i guess maybe a kid or two you know they have and so thomas kind of being a father and protector he's like I love my cousin, but he can't, him in here, you know, acting like this, and they didn't have any idea of what, that he, you know, was kind of going through a mental episode, you know, he was like, that's just not conducive for the safety of my family, so I want him out, but he wanted to, you know, he, he, in, to, you know, still have the relationship, and, and so, uh, he, they, him and his wife agreed, like, she'll take the blame, you know, he was essentially gonna tell Nathan, yeah, Velma kind of wants you out of here, whoop de whoop and he was like but we should still hang out and he dips Nathan's Uber purchased huh I said Uber purchased yes yeah arrived it it had arrived he was ready and then Nathan's like yo I need a minute he walks off Issa goes after him that's where he tells us he was manic he didn't know it he hasn't told his family he hasn't told his that cousin hey I was bipolar and manic at the time um but he was hoping to invite him out i guess to see the one year of the barber shop and really yeah. just show like look bro i got my life together and i feel like that's just you know like i get what nathan was doing but that's also just like weird energy of nathan like bro just I, but i'm also just at the place like bro just have the conversation just I tell mean, people yeah it's, it's awkward and Nathan had that's a hard time to have I mean, but you want, but I'm saying, like, if you know you want your the approval of these people, you know, you when you have a very, lo- you know, like a very logical and, and kind of reasonable explanation for why your behavior was what it was, and not that you were just kind of like this reckless person, you know, I feel like just, just, you know, communicate that, and you can, you know, and and then to see what you've done in spite of that is what's going to get them to be impressed. You know, but you know that's that's just how people are, right? Like the same way Velma took the blame. Like it's it's hard to communicate clearly between them. Yeah, y'all going. So I feel like hell, nothing don't owe him nothing because you could tell me yourself. Yeah, but okay. he but the thing is not about owing him something because he he wanted his approval, right? He's you know I wanted to show him I had my stuff together. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. After that. Issa just trying to be, I guess, make up for the tears in the throat. It's like, hey, what's going on with you? And then they had a conversation, and he's like, I don't want to be just friends with you or some shit like that. She said it first. She she said it, and they said it, and things happened. Yeah. But I think, so just real quick, in in her kind of leading up to saying it, right, she said some, some things that, like, a lot of us feel. She was saying, you know, after everything that happened with Lawrence, she's having a hard time getting her hopes up about people. And, and, you know, in this case, men, right? romantically and so she doesn't want to just be friends with him but she's at a place where she's not 
because of the things that happened with Lauren, she's just not encouraged to get her hopes up and, and really embrace that and communicate that. You okay? Yeah. I was to say, you came up the stairs so uh, scary. Okay, anyway, right. sorry. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they kiss, and that's really the, the episode, and then we get a preview of what the next week is going to be like, and I'm like, oh, shit. It's about to get real tricky up in this home. You're getting a dead parent episode. <laughs> and it, it wasn't that bad in hindsight. But let's, let's get to that. Yes. Um... Begin. The episode starts with Molly is is riding this man's face, in her dress from the club or dress the from the friend, date. Which is so confusing to me. It was not homeboy. Yeah, it was a different dude. All right. So like, who was this nigga, Molly? We didn't discuss this. I thought you were doing better. <laughs> this is obviously some app nigga. Yeah, <laughs> some app nigga. Um. <laughs> And so yeah, so she she climaxes and she gets a call from her brother, and dad. She sees a couple of missed calls from her brother and her dad, and so she she goes into panic and and you know the next scene is the entire fa- family kind of frantically waiting at the hospital to hear an update on their mother. Yes. Um, she goes in her club dress or her date night dress. And I'm just like, as a woman, you have at least two or three pairs of shoes in your car. So you mean to tell me you didn't have no slides to put on? None. I got flip flops in my car. Like you don't have to be full out. Now the club dress is one thing, <laughs> but because you might have a hoodie, because most women have hoodies too. Yeah, because you you in your full heels. And it was a very you know barely there dress. Right, because now you're just bell in the waiting room. Um, yeah. So they're frantically waiting for an update on their mother. Um, did they? Uh, did they mention it was a stroke at this point? I think so. And that's when I was like, great. Mm, yeah. Let me uncancel my therapy for Tuesday. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, they do say it's a stroke. Like, I, it was a whisper, but like, it wasn't a full stroke comment. I think she said someone else had a stroke and said XYZ. So, I think that's how the stroke thing came in. Yeah. And yeah. Then, like, they confused him with another stroke patient. And then the doctor comes. <laughs> No, not the confusion. This is like when the auntie was saying something about she knows somebody who had a stroke. Oh, okay. But then the doctor comes and it's like, um, we're afraid she has how much time. And it's the wrong ass family. The wrong ass lady. And it's so funny. Because, like, that's some shit that would happen for real. Um, yeah, what's after that? Oh. Um, Issa and Nathan are chilling in bed. And they talk about the cancel plans for the day. And like, yeah. oh, we should be able to just hang out with each other. And Issa's like, well, I got to do something with Molly. Let me go call and fake cancel, basically. And then that's when she finds out her mom in the hospital. She then has Nathan drop her off. Uh, you know, they switch clothes. And, well, she, she she has Nathan drop her off. Issa's like, yo, Molly, do you need anything? And, you know, Issa's like, yo, let's switch clothes. Issa had, like, a sweatshirt and some jeans on. I'll go to your place and get, you know, get you some new clothes. Um... So she heads out, and as Issa's uh, walking out, a woman says, oh, my God, you look like a model. And then an attendant next to her says, I'm sorry, she's high. And, <laughs> you know, just kind of killing Issa was feeling a little swag. Um, so at the hospital, the aunt is stressing, telling, you know, like the aunt that's with them is stressing them. She's telling the whole family about the stroke. 
communicating with everybody. Somebody talking about can can I pray on speaker? That's uh, so funny because that's some black shit. Right, right. Oh, uh, it comes out that they have the that Molly's parents haven't finished planning their estate, and I guess she had the expectation that they had, and you know she's disappointed. But also the aunt is bringing this up, right? Like as the mother's in the hospital and they just have very little information on her. So just, you know, just old people being very, um, just very um, brash or, you know, just not, not, no coof. Um, And then Molly gets a call from work with Torian um, about some rebranding project they're working on that Molly has a portion of. He's like, yo, are you coming in today? She's like, no, I told my assistant I had some personal things. Uh, he was like, okay, well, you know, they really, you know, your portion, they really, they really want to see it before the retreat. You know, so-and-so still, you know, still has essentially bandwidth, you know, if you, if you can't handle it. Molly being the control overachiever, controlling overachiever she needs to be. She's like, no, no, I, I got it. Uh, I'll take care of it. When's the latest you need it by? not one additional thing to worry about. I would have been like, sure, let so-and-so have it because what? Yeah. In the hospital? Right. My mother, a, a stroke? Come on. Right. No. Um. She was being annoying. Like, she was, you know, being the super advocate in the hospital room and tell me anything. This happens. And I'm just like, girl, okay. Yeah. Issa, Issa, uh, so, but, all right, so after the little call, we see Issa and Nathan, they're taking Flavor Flav on a walk. And then her mother, her mother FaceTimes her. And her mother's like, why are you, you know, like, what's going on? You look different over there. Um, is that somebody with you? And then Nathan pops in and she, she talks. And she asks Nathan, she's like, are you my daughter's boyfriend? He's like, yes. You know, I am her boyfriend. Um, <laughs> and uh, then, you know, Issa hands her the phone. They talk for a little bit. And then, you know, her mom starts, of course, you know, like, she just starts doing too much and. They uh they hang up, but Issa talks about how like yeah I can she's like her and her boyfriend uh, Stanley must be going through something. Um, she's like why you know he's like why you say that you know she's like ever since my parents divorced my mother you know essentially I guess it looks like when she's having relationship issues she kind of throws herself into some other efforts because her mother was calling like you you see my invite about the book club we gonna I'm gonna host an eight week book club or something. And so, you know, to Issa, she's like, my mother's just all over the place. And Nathan kind of pauses and look at her like, ah, like mother, like daughter. Well, I see you get that from your shit, first. Yeah. <laughs> While all this is happening, Flavor Flav gets off the leash and he, he dips. Um, meanwhile, back at the hospital, Molly finds out that her this is her mother's second stroke and that her fa- her parents did not tell her about the first one or did not tell, it looks it sounds like any of the siblings. Um, this about, is so crazy Like a stroke <coughs> This is how you know When people don't talk To their parents every day Which you should At least every other day Because Your mama had a whole stroke And you didn't even notice Yeah Hell Maybe right What if it was during that time She wasn't talking to her Because she got che- She was mad Her mama got cheated on <laughs> Right Like how you better be I got cheated on <laughs> No mom You shouldn't have stayed with him So I couldn't exist Um She's anxious and angry with her pops. She's informed by the doctor alone that her mother may be paralyzed as a result of the stroke. And he was like, you know, I can come back and tell the family. She's like, no, I'll handle it. And I and we don't know. I don't know. I it, it They played it in a way where it feels like she didn't tell the family. 
Right, but also, why are you putting that much pressure on yourself? The doctor, y'all people are right there. He could just easily tell us that instead of you having to do it. Now it's one more thing to have anxiety about. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, then we go back. We cut to Issa and Nathan on on a bench at Molly's apartment. Hold on for a second. Excuse me. Um, Flavor Flav, the dog returns, so they're good. Issa tells Nathan, I couldn't have done this day without you. You're so patient with me. That's why I love you. He doesn't say anything. He looks her in her eyes. He pulls her in for a kiss and leaves it at that. Go for it. I feel like given the context, it wasn't like, that's why I fuck you. That's why I love you, bro. Because it was like a conversation type like that, not like in love. Yeah. Because of who we're dealing with. Well, what do you... Yeah, like do you, I I felt like that too. It was kind of like a more of a slip of the language than a you know proclamation of I love you. Um, you know, it's kind of like what I, that's what I love about you, right? Um, so do you think Nathan should have said anything? Could he have made it better? He made it a sweet moment, but I yeah. would have been like, you still didn't say that. What is it? That's you what I I love that you're all over the place. That's what I love about you. Like it was it was weird. Yeah. I did think the the kiss in the pool and thing, right? Like it was a good deflection of like, oh, mm. Yeah, like I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> um, so back at the hospital talking to Molly. Oh, so so after this now Issa and Molly so Issa is back at the hospital with Molly. They're talking in the in their mother's in Molly's bed mother's bedroom you know hospital room alone, and Molly's just expressing that she feels guilt for not doing more for her mother to you know prevent this, um, and that's you know like that's really to me all about the control freak in Molly, you know feeling like she if she's in, if she ha- is able to, you know if she's informed she can control things and and um, you know make a difference. Um, she says she feels guilty for not giving her mother grandkids. You know, like her mother may not see. You know, like this is this really kind of put Molly in a little like you know kind of like funk about you know just not having the relationship history and and, and kind of experience that she really wishes she had, which was you know positive and just in a place where she you know is in a committed relationship and you know on her way to having kids because this is reminding her that her mother may not be there forever. And if she doesn't kind of move on it, um, her mother may not see that. <coughs> but she feels this way about everything. Even if she didn't have some kids, she'll find something else to make herself feel inadequate about. Right. Because right. But I mean, this is this is one thing her mother has been vocal about, right, for the last few years. Right. Um, okay. And so Issa just reminds her, like, girl, you so bomb at everything else. Like, you can't do everything. Like, don't worry about it. Like, this stuff is out of our control. Oh yeah, they trade clothes. Oh, you talk about that. You talk about that. Yeah. yeah. They they're like, yo, this is out of like she essentially was like, yo, all of this stuff is out of our control, and it felt like right. That's her kind of speaking from her experience with Lauren, Lawrence and Nathan, right? Like she hasn't really had much control in those relationships. She's like, this is out of our control. Don't sweat it. Just keep doing you and and thriving. And she was like, you want me to go get you some coffee? You look tired. And so she was like, yeah, go. You know, if you could do that, that'd be great. And in, on her way to go get some coffee, I guess the ICU, the emergency room, whichever wing her mother is in, is near where they have 
prenatal or <laughs> baby visits. Which don't even sound practical graphically right <laughs> those are not two departments that you put next to each other that you can't get to a damn coffee machine for me right 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 but so you know they, there's me, also honey, no rona in, in in this universe so it's all kinds of fantasy yeah but yes yeah, so she runs into she sees condola and the baby and lawrence and she like goes back behind the wall but then but condola doesn't see her because it's like where she's positioned but right. the way Lawrence's position, her and Lawrence actually lock eyes. And he's kind of looking like, does Condola see her? Like, does she see Condola? She, oh, shit, she oh, sees Condola. Am I hallucinating? Right. She sees Condola and my, my baby. Condola doesn't see her. And, and then she kind of scurries across the hall, like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> because she's a fucking weirdo. And, and the episode ends. <laughs> and she, yeah, she pauses there and then the episode ends. Um, yeah, the preview show, she goes back and says, hey. I'm hoping that's like a daydream sequence and she don't say nothing. I feel like based off how like the episode, like the the way the footage was in, in the end of the episode, I feel like that is a daydream sequence because they showed us in this episode them kind of walking back for the appointment. So if she goes back and yells, hey, she wouldn't really see them. They've, they've gone in for their appointment, it looked like. Mm. So I think that is a dream sequence. Um Okay, so let's let's get to it. Like five halfway through the season, the final season is episode five. What do you think I mean, of the the show so far? I mean, I just saw people talking about it today that it's boring now, and it's like you know, once you really start getting your shit together, it's gonna be boring. And we we talk about this every week. I think because shit is coming together, it's very boring. And it's a climactic, you know, it's not going to be being poor and lived and nothing uh, all the time once you start getting your shit together. But I don't even think it's that. I feel like it's bad writing. You feel like they dropped the ball or something? Yeah, because, right, so they, the Nathan storyline feels like forced or waste, right? It's kind of, to me, it's kind of too late in the game, right? We have our characters of Kelly, Derek, and Tiffany. We haven't interacted with them much this this season and i think there was some good storylines there but we just like there's there's nothing happening there with them isa we're seeing a little bit of pro we're seeing like a little bit of progress i you know i don't yeah in terms of character arc right like she's speaking up she's more vocal she has a career that is fulfilling you know still fumbling in the relationship area but it is seemingly going well um, but Molly, I feel like Molly as a character, like she's just been done the Molly, least amount of justice. Yeah, Molly needs a win. I don't feel like she's changed much. She needs a win just like she needed a win in season one with Judena. You can't kill a mama and she's still got no man. Give the girl something. Right, like, yeah, like they've just, to me, they've done her character a, a disservice. The first four seasons, her primary storyline revolves around romantic relationships and her desire to be in one. Yet, we're seeing no growth out of her, right? Like, essentially, her, after Andrew, she took some time off from dating. And it looks like she's still kind of just chilling and, you know, sleeping around and not necessarily really, you know, getting, progressing to a place of, like, you know, where she gets that type of loving relationship she's really looking for. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that like, what Molly just feels like, 
right like you said can she do something right can her career at least go you know start really kicking ass can something and now we have to have conflict can she have some growth right like all we see is she's still controlling some hair growth right a different hairstyle and nothing more um i just feel like it's going out like is as of as of now i think they can turn it around and i think that might be where we're going right the the confrontation or interaction between Issa condola and lawrence right that's going to be great content if they let it happen that's what we've really been waiting for since forever i don't know because the 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 people we're talking about here are awkward and and non-confrontational so yeah i mean but what is there to confront about right like but i just think there's not gonna be a scene there's gonna be like hi hey how are you yeah and it's gonna be weird and that's just gonna be it but I th- right, but the hope right. I think we the the dialogue and whatever conversation they have afterwards is gonna you know, in terms of as individual characters and how they react to it, right? L- more Lawrence and Issa right knowing they still love each other, but Lawrence is in a space where he was trying to make things work with his his uh, his baby mother in terms of you know just co-parenting. Um, yeah, it just feels you know like so like I think you know like that's going to be a turn and just give it some more action i, I don't know like like i said i just feel like they haven't progressed the characters much over yeah. this season they got a lot of ground to cover the next time episode. i'm all gonna hope the since day one so i'm just yeah it's, it's just you know like we said it's, it's kind of giving very much season three vibes and they needed they needed really you know to go for two and four and it you know to me yeah, yeah. okay well is that at all? Yeah, are we good? That was quick. Yeah, they ain't put much in these episodes. <laughs> right, ain't much to talk about. We about the shortest episode. Well, okay, friends. Well, I don't have anything coming up, so that is all for me. Yes. Uh, for as always, guys, still selling um, the definitive HBCU trivia game. Mm-hmm. Higher learning trivia. Go to hltrivia.com. And click the link in the show notes for an OMG TP uh, exclusive discount. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.